This is the 911 Calls Podcast with the operator and his trusty junior assistant, Mr. Luna. Hello, all you 911 kids. This episode was originally recorded as a live video stream with our Patreon supporters watching and commenting as we went. It was very fun. You should join us next time. Anyway, we hope you enjoy it. Hugs. <laughs> did, did that? Hey, did that rash cream Shut show up. up that I sent to you? Can they? Are, are we in? What's up, guys? Oh, right. oh, we're live. <clears throat> I'll ask you about the rash cream later. Thanks, off. Sorry. Shh, shut. Hey, Luna. Hey, man. So, um, do you have anyone that is paid? To help you, like at your place, at your house, at your yard, or like with your kids, or anything like that. Yeah, I have somebody who comes and mows the lawn and takes away all the sticks and stuff every once in a while. Sure. What about like? Do you ever get? Do you ever hire babysit? Like, how do things work in your your town? Are there like kids, teenagers, like that are you would say sufficient babysitters that so you would like hire to be a babysitter? No. I'm sure there are, but I, but I wouldn't date home dad, and that's my thing. So you're not getting into my friggin' business, you know? Yes, yeah, so, like, that's what I do. Right in my head. so like, what do you do with um, what do you do with your your kids? Like, if you want to do like a hot date, we don't pour, do hot pour some cereal on the ground and call it good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. Put put um. You know, put remotes in their hands and they play a video game. Yeah. Sure. And then what? We we have uh, sexual intercourse in the laundry room. Is that what you're trying to get at? No. If you want to like go away, if you want to like go, you know, on a date, take her to like you know the closest big town. You know. I'm sorry. You're asking the wrong guy these questions. Okay. I, li- I live in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> so this this is not relevant. So so mostly you would say that your your time spent at home is is being a dad, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can relate with that a lot. Actually, like I'm kind of one of uh, my my wife is my second wife, so it's sort of uh, yours, mine, and ours family. Where I've got a son, my my son from my previous marriage uh, is with us half the time, right? So, right. you know, the one there's one thing about that though that I learned really quick, and uh, is that when I when I pay child support. Like if, if I ever have to call the state about something about child support or, you know, ask a question or something like that, there's there's like an automatic presumption that I'm an asshole, you know, oh, that's sure. like a man calling regarding child support, like just it equates to everyone on the other end of the phone that I'm must be trying to fight some, you know, what I think is BS or, you know, something like that, right? Yeah, you're trying to get at something. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm, yes, exactly. It reminds me of like, you know, several years ago, there was that Delilah, like, national radio show, and she would, like, you know, play pretty songs, and people could call in and, like, dedicate a song to someone. And, but she was always really mean to men that called it. Like, she would call it, some guy would call in, and he'd be like, hey, so I want to dedicate a song to uh, this girl. Um, my wife, 
of 10 years. She always would say things like, what did you do? Like he couldn't just be doing it to be nice or loving or something, but he had to be, have screwed up somehow. Right. That's how I always felt when I called this, you know, about child support, but (laughs) For some reason, because I know that they're going to seem that feel that way when I get on the call with them on the state, I have like dedicated my life to making sure that I'm like stellar when it comes to child support and like with no repute, you know, just like perfect record. Yeah, well, yeah, I get it, though. No, I mean, I mean, I I can uh, I can't even say that I sympathize or empathize. I, I don't know. I'm still with still with the girl that I had the first kids with. You know, I got my shit together, but. Just joking. Hey, man, it happens. It almost happened yeah, to us, too. So so I could I could have been in that world. Uh, I remember my dad when I was a kid. He would just show up and be like, here's a hundred bucks. I mean, is that enough? Can we go? Yeah, just out of the blue and, you know, call it good. Yeah. And um, it's weird because you whether it's in the news or on movies or just around town, you know, you hear people are like, oh, yeah, right. Randy hasn't paid child support in years. Da, da, da. But in my head, I'm always like, I'm going to jail if I don't pay child support. Like, I don't know how guys get out of like skip child support because I know I just maybe it's my luck, but I would just like not pay. And then the cops would show up next day and I'd be like gone. Yeah. So I think I think the way I'm not sure where this is going, by the way, but I mean, I'm sure there's a call involved at the end of this. But the the reason why a lot of guys get away with it is that they don't give a shit if they see their kids or not. And yes. like, you know, it, it just adds up. But if you want to see your kids, then you're not going to get away with it. You have, you have to pay it. Um, and that's that. You know what? You make a very good point. And actually, it's a it's a very it's a salient point of this call. So we will we will we will appro- we will cover that uh, that issue there in there in here soon um yes you're right though this does have to do with the call so um let me give you a little backstory on this <laughs> okay. okay yeah sure all right so march 9th of 2008 in Ocoee, florida there's a guy named Dontavius rogers and he was arrested and booked on contempt of court charges relating to multiple child support cases later that day he was released but in addition to that contempt of court charge, Orange County court records also indicate that up to three women were actively suing Dontavius for child support issues. So mm-hmm. that that in and of itself, you know, that paints a pretty solid picture that this dude's a deadbeat dead. I don't want to, you know, and yeah. and having gone through that, you know, I don't like throwing that term around lightly because, you know, uh, you know, whatever. There's two sides to every story, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, no, uh, I know. I know for sure. I hear you. It's, it's a tough one. I mean, you don't want yeah. to assume that a guy who has three different, you know, uh, baby, mamas baby mamas is a deadbeat. You don't want to assume that. But I mean, every every guy I ever met who had like multiple children with multiple women was kind of a piece of shit. So I, I hear what you're saying. There's probably good ones, though, too. 100%. Yeah. 100% good I'd ones. Like right. I'd like to think I'm a good one. But yeah, you're right. They, they give us a bad name. But... It's what happened earlier that morning before he was picked up on that charge. It was what happened earlier that morning. It's the real story. So I'm going to rewind things to the wee hours of that morning, just after midnight. Around 1230 a.m., a woman named Sabrina Starks called 911. Sabrina is Dontavius's mother. And she owned the home from where the 911 call was placed. So remember, child support, all this stuff. 
This one's pretty heavy. Uh, are you ready for me to uh, to hit play? Yeah, yeah, I'm big time okay. ready. Okay, here we go. That's a rough one. So, um, at this point, usually, and we would have cut this out, Jack would say something like, why isn't this a dark call? (laughs) 
Why is not this one a dark call? Why is this one here? Um, so the breakdown between dark calls and the public feed, there's a couple different things, a couple different factors. One is if I don't have if we don't have enough information to connect the dots sufficiently, and it's just kind of this call that we're just going to drop out there, and it's horrible, but there's not a lot to go on. It's a dark call, or if the topic is just too heavy. In this case, the topic is very heavy, but there's enough to connect the dots on what has what has happened, and you know, uh, the, the the story is relatively complete. So, so it's on the line though with this one. Because yes, somebody mentioned uh, it says this kind of harkens back to another one from the dark call that was uh, baby in the kitchen, but um, that um, yeah, just not as much on that one as as there is on this. So. Oof. Anyway, all right. Well, all right. You let me know when we're gonna get into it then. <clears throat> that's just yeah, cool. so we're going off of that that last piece right there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's and that's that's the extent of the call. So that's the whole call. That's the whole call. So so you're gonna do you're gonna you're gonna cut that in half like you said. So we're we're commenting now on halfway through. Or we're commenting now on on the entirety. Commenting on the entirety because okay. basically other than you know context. Yeah, not much. I got you. I got you. Yeah, there's a two minutes of that call that I've got to probably trim down just to keep the horror factor from going. I got line. You. You're right. I got you. Okay, let's go. All right. So that was Sabrina, and she was calling nine one one after twenty two month old Tyler Rogers had been fatally shot through the mouth. Hmm. Oh, Tyler had allegedly been in bed with his father, the deadbeat dad, Dontavius Rogers. Dontavius told police that everyone in the house was sleeping when his son, Tyler, found the loaded 38 caliber revolver and accidentally shot himself. Okay. Instantly getting frustration with Dontavius here. Mm -hmm. But... So on that call, you can hear Sabrina state, I don't know what's going on. My son just came and got me. So, hey, Luna, um, first question that comes to my mind after hearing that part of the call was, why does this kid have anything to do with his dad? Why does he have access or custody to any of his kids? Right. Uh, I have the answer for you. There are dead meat beat moms, too. There are yeah. deadbeat moms that, that get with deadbeat dads. There, there are those people that get together and, and you know, regardless of, of what his situation was that day, you're saying that he had <coughs> court, he got arrested. He was in there for two other disputes with the, with the, uh, other baby, baby mamas. Yeah. Unrelated. Right. Of course. And he got bonded that day too. Right. Yeah. So timeline wise, this whole thing went down and then he's arrested on the other things and bonded out. Right. that stuff. So kind of mind blowing that like this is just a whole mixture of things. But yeah. So his third baby mama or who we're not sure, right? But we're not he, sure ha- he has he has Tyler, young Tyler. He's almost two years old and he's sleeping with his child. See, in my mind, it might be this. It might be like a comfort thing. Like, okay, like I am a good dad. I'm being accused of not being a good dad. I can't pay child support for three different, you know, situations and I'm fucking up, but I get to have this one kid tonight and I'm feeling a little bit better about myself and I'm, and I'm laying there. He's in a, he's in a house with his uh, mother and his uh, stepfather, right? Father. Correct. Yeah. His mother and stepfather, the, 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 the child's grandparents. Yes. And he's sleeping there with his almost two year old son and he's got a gun. What kind of gun is it again? A 38. It's a, it's a 38 revolver. 
All right. So this is this is like with this episode, I've done my research, so I'm not going to act like that I haven't. So he has this gun between between the mattress, like underneath his mattress. And in his history, he has drug dealing. He's a drug dealer from way back. Do you have the charges? You will. Yeah. Um, Yeah. He's got drug trafficking charges that go back to 1998. This is happening in 2008. Yeah. Um, and of them, of them all, the most recent one was a significant drug trafficking charge that happened in 05 that put him in prison. Uh, I could not find how long he was in prison, but my guess is if he's living with mom and dad, you know, not having you know some some understanding of what it takes, what what happens when you get out and you're on parole, it's likely that that could have been like the place that he had to be. Sure. So he's he's sleeping after this horrible day that he's had. You know, it's it's self-imposed this terrible day that he's had, but still. So now he's there with his child, less than two years old. It's uh, one a.m. I believe, right when this incident went down. It's just shortly after midnight. But wait, let me let me just let me let me just adjust that what you're saying a little bit. So this whole thing goes down just after midnight, or just the morning of Sunday. Mm-hmm. Later that day, he is picked up. On the other, so this whole nine one one call happens later that day. He is picked up on the other situations, is oh. booked, bonds out from that because he wasn't at the time was not considered a suspect in oh. the nine one one call and what had happened. There wasn't enough information yet to hold him on that kind of a thing. So yeah, that's two things. Are, it's crazy because he was picked up after this whole thing went down with his son. It it blows my mind one that the law the law works that way, but it also impresses me that the law works that way because emotionally everyone involved would be like hold him and keep him, put him in a dark hole because all of the evidence will quote unquote will show that he had something to do with this. But the law states no, we're gonna follow the law. We can pick him up on these things, and it, I'm sure the timing is not. Um, too uncanny they picked him up on the other things to see you know if maybe there's something they could suss out toward this but but they did they didn't they couldn't and he bonded out on those other things so amazing like like i said not probably uncanny timing but okay i got you now oh well that screws up i just said i did my research and clearly i missed something i got well, it no all. you're you're totally right on the rest and and regardless of when those other custody things happened i i think you're right you know if he's laying with his child it's very possible that you know that the story that you're building could be the case you know time with his child i don't know like so what, what i'm seeing then i mean it's kind of switching for me now is that you know, he's, he's, he's a former drug dealer. He's probably currently dealing drugs. Um, he's, he's protecting himself. He's got a cocked gun between the mattress. He loaded wakes, for sure. loaded, right? Yes. I'll let you tell, I'll let you tell the story of what happened. So he woke up, he woke up and he found his son. Yeah. Yes. So, so really quick on, on one thing. I, I was so like taken aback that, that he could have access to any of his children. But I looked it up and found that because child support and visitation are two separate issues, a parent who does not pay the required child support cannot be denied visitation with the child. It's like two separate things. They just don't mix. That, that in a way, is astonishing to me that someone can skip out and literally develop 
developed developed such a situation that it's criminal you know that they they haven't paid child support that it's that it's a civil situation civil situation that may and then end them up in jail but it still won't violate or inhibit at any time their visitation of said child that's just astonishing yeah i mean they're trying to look out for the kids in, in these situations. Oftentimes, when, when you when you deal with a kid directly, it's like they just want to see their mom and they just want to see their dad. And regardless of how they both been behaving and how they both been maybe following or not following the rules, I think at the end of the day, it comes down to just trying to make it seem as normal as possible for the kid, and we'll deal with that a little bit later if there's an issue. Yeah. You know? Yes, it very very much. Yeah, it could be. Also, you know, the the courts are overrun. So is social services. So if grandma and grandpa are in the picture at all, that's oftentimes a big green checkbox that says, okay, yeah, we're you know we're, the baby's in as good of position as possible without you know foster family or anything getting involved. So mm-hmm. it's crazy. But all right, so yes, so there were three adults in the house when the incident occurred. Dontavius along with another man that was only identified as Sabrina's husband and Sabrina. It's his stepfather. It's Dontavious' stepfather. Yes, yes, yes. Right, his stepfather. Uh, According to Sabrina, the incident occurred around 10 minutes before she called 911. So she struggled to give any substantial information about the situation on the phone. Understandable, you know, because she was in a total state of panic. But uh, I struggle... A little, because Luna, what do you, what do you think was going on for ten minutes before calling nine one one? I mean, jeez. Well, they were probably panicking. Like, uh, I know the kid, the kid got shot in the mouth. Call, calling the cops was likely against his family's character. The, the, the guy, you know, was in trouble all the time. They were probably trying to protect him in some way. And uh, this is like, holy shit, Octavius. Yeah. Like, what are we going to do about this? The kid's dead, right? The kid's dead. It's not like he's, he's, um, there's any an irreparable hope. situation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's not choking on a hot dog. It, it reminds me, I had, and I had to go back. Sorry, what? Could be flushing drugs, getting rid of evidence of what he's going on, yes. what's going on. Exactly. Exactly. So 10 minutes is an eternity when an incident like this occurs. Case in point, the, the 911 call was five minutes long in total. And listening to it feels like an eternity. Mm-hmm. And even Sabrina keeps asking on the call, when are they going to be there? Why aren't they there yet? So in this kind of situation, time loses all basis, all foundation, and everybody just feels like you're in limbo. But here's here's a little bit of my, my math on this situation. So you've got a son living with you who's mired down in lawsuits over child support that you're very aware of, right? Regardless of the you know two sides to every story, you've got to know that your son is not doing well by these women. So... You probably love your grandchildren to the moon and back. And so you're desperate to have them in your lives. So even even though the situation is a dumpster fire, you know that it's better that the kids are in your home than anywhere else that they might be taken by your son. Mm -hmm. Then this whole thing goes down in the context of everything involving your son's life and situations just hitting you straight in the face. Now you're trying to deal with inconsolable horror and grief over what's happened in addition to like this whole backlog of of understanding and context on what your son's life is like right mm-hmm. then 10 minutes later 
you call 911. Yeah. It's like in the back of your head, you know you could be signing your son's death sentence if you say the wrong the wrong things on the phone to the dispatcher, right? All this is adding grief to the situation. You need that you need to get them there fast, but you also can't say much even though you're coming to your own conclusions on probably what happened, right? Definitely. They're probably in shock and panic mode and make the best of it mode. Right. The boy the boy's dead. The boy's dead. Tyler's dead. Their little their little two-year-old boy's dead. Um, maybe they had a Jean Bonnet family meeting moment, you know? Maybe they very had a very likely could have. Maybe they had a stuffing a pineapple down the throat moment. Right. So this there's a call that we haven't used yet um, because it's a drowning call. It, Luna, you and I have talked extensively about it, but it reminds me of that call a little bit. And I wish on this call there was a little bit of what is what we hear on a lot of calls, which is, and I think we've talked about it before, you hear the 911 call ringing, right? But it's already recording what's happening on that end. And so, and, and sometimes that could be a clincher in, in the criminal case or the case in general as to, you know, how things are going. But there is one call out there that will probably turn into a show in the future where a man escapes a drowning car, other people die in the car, but he escapes the car apparently allegedly and ends up at this lady's house and when you first are listening to the call you kind of feel like oh this lady doesn't know who this guy is or anything like that but if you go back and you listen to the call while the call is ringing through to the dispatcher you hear this lady fully composed talking to the guy in the room that showed up at her door she knows the man and then when the 911 call operator finally comes on, it's like, 911, what's your emergency? Then she goes into complete hysterics. She's like, oh, man, my baby, my baby. Oh, there's something that happened. Oh, God. And she just yeah. totally flips the script, right? So suddenly she's this totally different person. And then the 911 operator is is tasked with trying to figure out what happened and everything. And she's like, so the guy's in your house? She's like, yes, he's on the floor. And uh, so she's like, okay, I want to talk to him. He gets on the phone and then he gives zero information. He like acts too, too fatigued to talk. And that kind of reminds me of this one where it's like, she knows she really can't say anything on the call, right? She can't be like, because at one point on this call here, the 911 operator says, who shot the baby? And she goes, my... And then she says, I don't know what happened. My son just came and got me. Right? Yeah. So she almost said my son. Yeah. But she knew that, that you know... I don't know. There's not a whole lot I can add to that with you doing the freaking voice you were doing. Oh, my God. That was weird, dude. Sounded like a Warner Brothers like character. Like, there's a wobbly like goose on one of Warner Brothers cartoons. A wobbly goose. Yeah. Wobbly goose. <laughs> Oh, man. So moving on, I guess Um, the gun in this incidence was a what's called a double action revolver. And so a single action revolver we've all seen in the old spaghetti Westerns. It's the one where the cowboy's holding it and he's got to like hit the hit the hammer over and over, over every time he wants to pull the trigger because you have to pull the hammer back and then pull the trigger, pull the Mm -hmm. hammer back pull the trigger a double action revolver you can do the same thing you can pull the hammer back and then pull the trigger but you can also just pull the trigger through and while you're pulling the trigger through the hammer pulls back and then at the very last second slaps forward and hits the bullet hits the round and the bullet fires 
anyway, well, one thing that they both have in common is pulling back the hammer on a revolver is a very heavy process. It takes a it takes a good amount of, you know, strength and dexterity. It's kind of by design that way. You know, a weak weak fingered person, a young person, couldn't accidentally pull the hammer back. Right. Also, though. The double action when you're pulling a trigger, that pull is what's called a very heavy trigger pull. So it's my wife struggles pulling back the double action trigger mm-hmm. on a revolver. I mean, it's not it's not intended to be easy to do. But a 22 month old baby doing either one of those things, pulling back the hammer to pull the trigger, or pulling the trigger all the way through to make that hammer actuate. And then the the worst thing that could have possibly happened here is that he actually had a revolver cocked, not just loaded, but the hammer back under his bed. He could have shot it accidentally reaching for it under the bed. So the likelihood that he had the hammer pulled back on a revolver underneath his mattress, not likely, not okay. likely. So all things are adding up that a baby, 22 months old, does not have strength to 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 actuate this gun. I just I don't believe it. All right. Well, this episode is always like uh, back heavy. You know, it's back loaded. We're talking a lot after the call. But but what I want to know is like what you think actually happened. What did happen though was that this guy. Uh, what are you going? He he went to jail for for manslaughter, right? Before Go- this or this because of this? Because yeah, of this. I'll, I'll tell you about the convictions. I'll, I'll just read those off really quick and then and then yeah, we can then say we- what we think might have happened. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So he was ultimately arrested on aggravated manslaughter of a child, which is a first degree felony and criminal possession of a firearm and concealed weapon by a convicted felon. Because at this point, he was he was a convicted felon from priors. Right. Second degree felony. In that case, he initially pled not guilty. But as the case went forward, it was forming up to be a jury trial. So he changed his plea to guilty, most likely to be given a lighter sentence. He was convicted in 2008 on all charges and he gets out in, um, hold on, let me check here. Oh yeah, let's see. Oh yeah, 13 days. He gets out 13 days from now, June of 2020. All right. All right, so we got uh, it. So that's why we're talking about it. He's, yeah. he's about so to get let me, out. What do you think happened? What do you think happened? What, uh, what's your story? Well, I don't think anyone's going to be right about this, but I'll I'll tell you the few things that that I focused on. It happened at 1 a.m. It happened around, you know, it happened when when a kid, when a two-year-old, usually, you know, if they're being a pain in the ass, they've stopped being a pain in the ass. Uh, So, so for me, the, uh, the, the dealing with all the other children shit and, um, being this mode where kids are causing problems in, in my whole life and the kid breaks a glass and bam, he shoots him type thing is a, is out of the question daytime wise. But when right. it comes to 1 a.m., so I'm sleeping with my kid. I got all these multiple other kids and I'm having problems where I'm probably going to go to jail the next day. And he does end up going to jail the next day and he gets bought out. I wake up and my boy is standing there holding the gun that, you know, I'm using for my own protection when it comes to this drug dealing situation. And I need to de- deal these drugs to pay for your ass and for these other kids that, that are that are causing all these problems in my life. The guy's 24 years old, right? Up? Right. Yes, okay. 24. All right. So I wake up to that in that, in that mode, right? I might have been drinking or whatever all day. I wake up, I see the kid holding the gun. If I'm a real piece of shit, Maybe he says he struggled with him with the with the weapon and then it went off and it, and it hit him in the mouth. 
pretty much impossible. Like if that was if that was the way, and the kid's holding it like this, he's holding it by the barrel, is what I read. He's holding it like this. You just push it away from his face, and you take it away from him. What I think yeah, happened, even like a, a swift kick to any part, you know, you're going to free the gun. The other thing is this: consider, like, let's say, in order to shoot himself like that, the kid has to have the gun backward. And growing up in the family that he grew up in, I'm guaranteeing you, if the ever if the kid ever saw a gun being handled, he knew that you hold it the <laughs> that way, you know, not toward your face. So. Yeah. Once again, you know, kind of shoots down the shoots down bad pun, um, shoots down the theory that you know the kid was and sorry residue gunpowder residue was not yes. found on the child's hands. It was found on Demetrius or whatever his name. So is. it was inconclusive as to like the the uh, the authorities at at one point said we have the same questions everyone else does. They never came out conclusively stating like where gunpowder residue was or was not. And based on what you just said about what he explained is what happened is probably his explanation as to why there was gunpowder residue on his own hands. All right. You so know? the kids, so the kids, he wakes up, kids holding the gun. He's in this situation. Like I already explained it's ruining my freaking life. I'm living with my mom and my stepdad downstairs in the middle of the night, buddy's freaking up with my gun. And then, and then Oh, you're thinking like, so, so I think he shot his own kid anger like it was a, it was a moment moment of rage i think it's possible okay anyway so okay you know my my take on what happened is similar except for i don't know that it's rage what i think it was was i think this is a father who let's be honest you know for all intents and the rest of the, his life is not exactly a dream show you know he's a former he's a convicted felon living with mom, dad, he's got massive amounts of uh, child support stuff going on. Um, definitely, probably not with all three of his baby mamas anymore, you know, unless he's a super big dirtbag. I put it in the, I put it in the camp of potentially being calculated. I think calculated. he was like, how do I thin, how do I thin out my obligation? The night before he's about to go in and deal with all these Charges? You don't think that would draw some negative attention towards them? Well, he doesn't know he's getting picked up for those other things yet. He has no. Oh, he idea. doesn't know. No, he, he doesn't he have any idea. So you know, I'm, like you said, but once again, maybe not rage, but like a moment of not clarity. He's like, how do I thin? How do I, you know, thin out my obligation? All right, maybe. fair enough. So we both said what we thought was going to happen. So yeah. in the end, what he did was he got like 14 years in prison. He's going to get out in 15 days. And uh, see you soon. Crazy. It's crazy. Okay. It's just a man. Manslaughter. It's manslaughter. Manslaughter happens. If you ever hear the term convicted of manslaughter, you can guarantee you're going to see that person sooner than you want. Yeah. All right. I don't know well, what he did. All right. We well, you, got a, happy, you got a happy ending? Yeah, we do. We've got a happy ending here. Whew. So I, I thought I would um, leave us on a little higher of a note. So this. This call's pretty funny. Cool. It's a all right. You uh, you ready for me to hit play? Yeah, I'm ready. Here we go. Right after this commercial break, we gotta pay the bills. <laughs> Just <Yeah. kidding. laughs> Here we go. Hi, 
God, dude! I thought I thought that whole time. I thought the whole time that that was a kid. So I was like, okay, cute, you know. Uh, oh, it's a lady. But that was no. a lady. <laughs> I got nothing on that one. I got nothing backstory. But just I, I, like I can build that lady's life a little bit. I think in my head, I'm like, poor lady. Like she probably has no one. Everyone in my family calls me for tech support, right? right. Um, there's no one this lady can call. So right. she calls nine one one about batteries for her fan. Oh my gosh! I <laughs> yeah, I guess. I, I mean, I, I I think it's stupid. I think it's dumb as shit. Oh, the way the call or her, her or what? The, the the person calling. <laughs> I mean, like if you need attention that bad, just go out in the street and take your shirt off. You're calling about a battery going in. How, do, do, do we do we know how old she is? No, she sounds yeah, like she's old enough 40? to own a fan. What's what's the legal age for fan ownership? Is it uh, six, 18, 18, I think 18, 21 in the Gibraltar? Yeah. I'm not sure. Weird stuff. I guess if I was a 911 operator and I got, you know, calls like that, I'd be pretty upset, man. I, I would want those uh, those people to be tracked in a bit and given a little ticket. You know, give them, give them like a $400 ticket. And people are going to disagree with me on that. <laughs> so your palate, you're saying that the palate wasn't cleaned on, cleansed on that one? No, it was flooded with just stomach bile. That there's Rage. people out there that would call nine one one. Also, with that, she had to have been old enough to have dealt with batteries before. <laughs> you know, like is this the first time she's ever dealt with batteries? Like, to your hey. point, like what? Why does she need the attention? Like, what's going on here? That you know? Yeah, yeah. It seemed like she already knew at the end of it. Anyways, cute. You know, I guess it was cute for a little bit. For me, I thought it was a child for a while. So I was like, okay, this is this is all right. But then when I found out it was an adult, it was like, uh, find out where she lives and put some poison in an English muffin on the front yard. <laughs> okay, so here's how you're going to do it. You're going to put the plus by the plus. And then you're going to go put your head in the toaster and uh, go ahead and push that lever down. All right, Jackie. Thank you. Yeah. Again. Right. Strong survivor, yeah, for sure. This job, right. 
Yeah. Maybe, you know, there should be a, like a Darwin 911 where you call in for, you know, that reason. It's like <laughs> they just assist you off the cliff. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, that's um, that's what I got. I don't even have Good a job. moral to that story because there's, you know, pay your child support. Or don't. Yeah, don't have kids if you can't put batteries in remote. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> see you later, guys. All Take right. care. Hugs. Hey, thanks for listening and supporting this award-winning show, everyone. Have you listened to our other show, Dark Calls, yet? It's the show where we play the calls that are too dark for this show. You've been warned. It's a Patreon-exclusive show, so if that sounds like your cup of tea, for about the price of a cup of tea, you can get that show, live streaming video chats with Luna and me, plus a bunch of other extra content and features over on Patreon. Search for 1159 Media on Patreon to access all the extra goodness. The 911 Calls podcast is an 1159 Media production. Your loved ones would also love this show. You can spread the word and help us to gain even more awards than we already have. So much thanks to you. So many hugs. <laughs>